When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 29th, and yes, we're going to talk about baseball. Domingo Herman threw a perfect game. I was at a concert last night. I did not know. I came back home, finally sit down, sat down. I was like, okay, cool. What happened in baseball tonight? Thought I was going to do a lead maybe on Logan Gilbert. And then <laughs> Domingo Herman had a perfect game. Nine strikeouts, 17 whiffs, 37% CSW, 99 pitches, also a Maddox. So here's the thing. I uh, There's nothing new. This is just baseball being baseball. I know that sounds kind of crazy. Uh, it was two terrible starts from Domingo Herman. He does this, right? And, oh, Nick, he clearly changed something. Not really. He just has a really good curveball. He did in those last two starts. And, I, uh, you know, the fastball and changeup didn't get burned. That's it. Um, does this change how we feel really about Domingo Herman? I mean, I guess so, because it wasn't trending all the way down. Now it's the other direction. But, uh, yeah, he's going to go against the Orioles, and he's going to go against the Cubs, and I think we're just going to start him there, and we're going to watch all of it on YouTube. So if you want to uh, get some extra content, there it is, watching every single pitch of Domingo Herman's perfect game. I'm um, after record this podcast, of course, also on the live stream. But, yeah, I mean, that's fine. That, 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 there's not much more you can say. Uh, Zach Davies against the Rays had a very surprising start, not only because it was seven innings, zero earned runs, two its two walks, three Ks against a very good team, but because the changeup was just a 6% CSW, which goes against all of the things I've ever said about Zach Davies. It's like, it's so dependent on the changeup, but what? Um, the sinker, four-seamer, and cutter did all the work in this. It was really good pitch separation. I mean, that was, that was what happened here. The command was insane where... He just avoided the heart of the plate. Everything was around the edges. Like, it was it was great. It was just not the changeup. It was just this weird, amazing command. So, yeah, we don't buy that. Um, Patrick Corbin did well against the Mariners, and that's hilarious. However, his slider is three ticks harder with less vertical break, so he's more of a sweeper on it, and it went nine for 39 whiffs as he executed the Blake Stone blueprint doing this. But it was against the Mariners, so that enabled him, right, with that slider. We know that about the Mariners. They just generally do that. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of interesting, Patrick Corbin. I I observe you. I look at you. Okay, Colby Allard did well against the Twins, and we're not going to buy into this one. It's eight Ks over four point two innings. I'm not really seeing uh, much that is too new. It's Colby Allard, otherwise known as Drala, because um, his last name backwards. That is super command focused here, and I don't think that that is something I want to buy into. Logan Allen needed ninety eight pitches to go three point two shutout innings against the Royals. Yes, eleven outs, ninety eight pitches. And now he has been optioned because it was 32 foul balls. Um, the slider really hasn't been there. And I get this move because he needs to figure that pitch out. It's three straight starts of just not being the pitch it's supposed to be. And now with Gavin Williams in the rotation and Cal Quantrill returning tomorrow for the Guardians. They didn't want to do a six-man. They wanted to do a five-man. Logan Allen is the obvious option. Does not surprise me. So you can drop Logan Allen on your teams if you haven't already. 
Trevor Richards against the Giants, three innings, three earned runs, one hit, one walk, and five Ks. They opened the door for Bowden Francis going four, and I don't really care. Uh, Mitch Keller against the Padres, six innings, one earned run, four hits, two walks, and five Ks. Good stuff here. He did not get a single whiff on anything but the four seamers. There's three whiffs, but 31% CSW as the Padres are very patient, and I think his command is still really, really good. So one day he'll get the slider really cooking to be that amazing whiff pitch. I'm sure. I've been waiting for you know, 84 years, but... Uh, Mitch Keller, you still keep going with in your leagues. Braxton Garrett did really well against the Red Sox. Five innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, and just two Ks, three whiffs, which is really annoying because it was a 14% CSW cutter. And the curve and the and the, and the change were also really out of the picture. Um, but the slider is just so good. Command's been really good on the uh, the sinker. Uh, we love this. Um, Caleb Board opened for Nick Pavetta, and it just does not matter. Uh, Dane Dunning did incredibly well. 8.2 innings of 200 runs. Could not get that final out. Four hits, zero walks, and 10 strikeouts. 12 whiffs, 100 pitches, 37%. CSW. Do I really care about this? Not really. I mean, Dane Dunning, when he's at his best, is peak Brady Singer. That is, sinkers for cold strikes and slider whiffs. I don't really think it's that much of a sustainable thing for Dane Dunning. We see this from time to time. He does get the Nationals in 10 days, and if you want to circle that one, by all means, but he does get the Astros next. So Dane Dunning is not someone that I'm really considering much for my fantasy teams. Zach Eflin against the Diamondbacks, seven innings, two more runs, seven hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. 42% usage on the hook for 40% CSW is everything that you want. And the singer and cutter got outs, and there you go. There is your start against the Diamondbacks. Blake Snell, what do you know? Against the Pirates, had a goal gallows pole. There it is, 20 whiffs, 10 Ks, 2 walks, with 200 runs and 3 hits and 6 innings. So a sub-1 whip and a 3 ERA with those 10 Ks. You'll love it. But of course, he got the loss because running support is a stupid thing. 58% CSW curveball, I, which is insane. And I don't know why he threw that one less than his slider that had a sub-50% strike rate. I don't get that at all. But, alright, the changeup is still incredibly elite. And that has been his saving grace the entire season. And uh, it wasn't there for two years. I was saying get rid of it because it was just hurting him that much. And now it's the best thing about him. It's kind of wild. The heater is still really good, except that it's just wild. And it, it's it's crazy. If Blake Snell actually commands that four-seamer in the zone, like let's say it's a 65% strike rate in the top half of the zone and has that changeup and then also has his curveball. I mean, we're talking nine innings 17 strikeouts or something stupid. Uh, Kodai Senga against the Brewers. Five innings, two earned runs, five hits, two walks, six, eight Ks. And what do you know? He went seven for 31 whiffs for 32% CSW on the forkball. Yes, sub 50% strike rate, but the fact that he was able to execute it enough meant that he uh, did well in this one against the Brewers. The cutter and the slider um, and four-seamer had called strikes. That's good enough against the Brewers. I don't really love the entirety of Senga. I still feel like it's a cherry bomb every time. He gets a Diamondbacks and Padres up next. I would not be starting Kodai Senga. Uh, Kenta Maeda against Atlanta. Five innings, two hundred runs, five hits, two walks, and four strikeouts, 14 whiffs. Really good to see that against Atlanta. The splitters were generally working even though they were a little bit more in the zone than we want them to be and they were getting strikes but I want them to be underneath a bit more to get more outs with them and then more whiffs. Um, the slider was more of just kind of a strike getting pitch and the fastball was around. Um, and that's kind of what Maeda does well. And if there's there's still a little bit extra refinement here, but this is good. We'll take this all day from Kenta Maeda against Atlanta. And now he gets the Royals, and that's really, really cool. We have a lot more guys to talk about, uh, including today and tomorrow's starters, and of course all of yesterday's games after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. 
So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLESS to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp.com gambling.org in Arizona call 1-800 next step in New York call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY and in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789 Wade Miley against the Mets four innings two and runs 74 pitches they pulled him early and it's really annoying I uh, it's fine uh, he's he's a Toby and he gets the Cubs next. I mean, this didn't help you against the Mets, but not really something we want to do. But against the Cubs, I think he can give you at least five there. Uh, Lucas Giolito against the Angels did great things. 93.7 miles per hour on the fastball. We'd love to see that. And he were 94. Seven slider whiffs and six changeup whiffs. That's awesome. He had four earned runs. Forget it. Six hits and in seven innings with zero walks and nine strikeouts. This is the best Giolito. He's been actually good now for two straight starts and really looking like his better self the past month. And... We feel really good about Lucas Giolito right now. He's going to go up on the list on Monday. Logan Gilbert against the Nationals. Six innings, four and runs, eight hits, two walks, and four Ks. I was going to lead with him before Domingo Herman just happened to throw a perfect game. I still can't believe that. It's been ages. It's been 11 years since we had one. That was Felix Hernandez. And what did I do? I have to go to a concert that night. I couldn't watch it live. What is wrong? Why? I, like, never go to a concert in season. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I, Devin was amazing. Nationals faced the, sorry, Logan Gilbert went against the Nationals. Did not do well. The splitter and slider, building off the heater is everything. Now, the splitter was okay. The slider was really the pitch that just got a lot of strikes in the zone for him. And the heater, though, is not soaring. It's kind of interesting. I called it George Kirby and Logan Gilbert the same guy as Jerby because I really thought that, the, you know, they both had really good fastballs and they got to figure out their secondaries. But right now, Logan Gilbert isn't doing what George Kirby does, is Kirby just pounds that four-seamer and has success with that, while Logan Gilbert is kind of struggling a little bit more with it and relies a little bit more on the splitter and the and the slider and curve to really make it work. So I like Kirby more at the moment. I liked Gilbert earlier in the season because I thought that fastball was very good and the splitter was also very good, and now it's kind of falling apart, and it's frustrating. He gets the Giants next. We're going to start him there, and we just got to hope for the best. Aaron Nola against the Cubs. Got the win at least. But everything else was terrible. Four and runs in five innings, seven hits, three walks, four Ks. And it's just so annoying. We know he's better than this. We know this. Aaron Ellis should be returning much better, much more success. And it's kind of interesting. You know, there's a lot of times I could do like a lot of analysis. But like, oh, this is what's going wrong for Aaron Nola or whatever. And at the end of the day, I could tell you some things about it. Like the changeup isn't coming through as much as possible. The sinker's a little bit more hittable than we want to, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's those kind of things. It's like, look, we all know Aaron Nola isn't just done. So all we can do as fantasy players is just say, yeah, he should correct things and he should be much better. We know this. This is just the kind of story of Aaron Nola. And uh, I don't think it's a wise thought to think that now Aaron Nola, because he's done X, Y, and Z up to now, is going to be exactly the same thing for the next few months, considering that he has made adjustments in the past. And we know that these skills speak to better ratios than we've seen, right? I know it seems lazy as an analyst, but it's also sometimes I feel like me telling you what is going on is really helpful and it gets you a good understanding of how they should perform moving forward. With the guys like Aaron Nola, it's just like, well, yeah, he's not doing well and like I don't think he's going to continue doing poorly, so that's that. 
you know cool michael grove i mean it's like not like the velocity's gone or like oh no he has no curveball or whatever it's not like that so cool michael grove against scores he didn't want to do it and i'm surprised he went 78 pitches honestly um but uh yeah not good right now um you don't start him now we wait until the four seamer actually is elevated and stuff and we go from there lots of sliders though i love that he's focusing on the slider joey once against the rangers yeah we know that's not a thing you want to do Luke Weaver against the Orioles, he didn't want to do that. Austin Cox, I was a little hoping that we would see something like the 8 over 24, four-seamer whiffs we saw last time, it was 1 over 40 here, so absolutely not. That was a fun little blip of like, hey, maybe there's something, oh, never mind. Okay, cool, we move on. Miles Michaelis, I mean, no one picked him up, it was just like, hey, let's just watch this, and hopefully there's something there we can talk about later, and no. Miles Michaelis didn't do well against the Astros, and of course he didn't, and that's that. Logan Webb against the Jays was very frustrating. Five innings, five earned runs, eight hits, zero walks, and five Ks. Um, the slider was just 53% strikes. Uh, the ch- Marvel's changeup was hit around by the Jays. And I wouldn't really think that there's much to it outside the Jays just making contact on changeups and whatever. Uh, JP Sears against the Yankees was the streaming pick by like two percentage points over Herman. It would have been the third straight year that I predicted or I streamed a no hitter. But because you guys had Herman rostered still in just enough leagues, I had to go with JP Sears on the other side. And here he is acting like 2022 Eric Lauer because, like, I thought, no, he's totally fine. He's not Eric Lauer. I mean, no, here he is doing that. Uh, four innings, five earned runs, five hits, three walks, five Ks. Ugh. Yeah, he is really like 2022 Eric Lauer. Uh, he is essentially like a cherry bomb at this point. I uh, Jaime Berea against the White Sox. I had good hope for this one because the slider could eat up the White Sox as a right-hander. And yet he had zero strikeouts. Three innings, five earned runs, seven hits, two walks, zero case. So, okay, moving past that. Uh, Kyle Freeland against the Dodgers, no way. Kyle Gibson got the Reds. And like, yeah, Kyle Gibson is a coin flip and the Reds just made it even worse. There you go. Um, Christian Javier against the Cardinals and Drew Smiley end this out. So Drew Smiley, seven earned runs, 3.2 innings against the Phillies. We just got to wait for a start where there are just no high location curveballs. Just wait for that. And then we can jump back in on Drew Smiley. While Christian Javier, what is going on here? He had just one strikeout in four innings, six earned runs, eight hits, one walk. This is fresh after I led with him last week because there was a problem with Javier and I expected it to recover. But here we are not seeing it recover. And it's not just the sliders. Like the slider strikes were, you know, some of them were hung and he got punished for those. But just one strikeout and nine whiffs as he threw high heaters that just didn't get as many whiffs as he normally does. And that is strange. Um, it's not like the fastball itself is just dramatically worse, you know, from all those shapes and stuff. It's still very, very good and should be performing very well. Um, but yeah, this is strange. This is actually the real like, wait, 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 you're not supposed to be this bad. And now he gets the Rangers. So it's, it's tough. I, I, I want to repeat what I said last time. Christian Javier should adjust from this. He doesn't have as long of a track record as other guys. So it makes it a little harder to really lean into. But you got to believe that Christian Javier, high four seamers, low sliders, works really well. Um, we just need, you know, we just need that start of like the slider being really good. And I think that will make the fastball get much better. Confidence will come back into it and then everything will be all right. Uh, it does feel like he's a good buy low for the second half, but it really depends on if it's being an actual buy low as opposed to paying still for a top 30 starter. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We do have some adjustments from yesterday. Max Scherzer, Joe Musgrove, Shane Bieber, Jesus Lazardo, Brian Bay are still in that top tier. Same with the probable start of Chris Bassett, J.P. France, Clark Schmidt, Tywin Walker, Lance Lynn, Kyle Hendricks, and Patrick Sandoval all be probable start with J.P. France against the Cardinals as the stream pick of the day. Now, keep in mind, the Cardinals have been good lately. They messed up Valdez. They messed up uh, um, 
Javier, and now we have France. Maybe you do want to avoid that. We'll see. Uh, questionable start tier is nobody because we don't have James Kerpillion after all. We have Hogan Harris, and I don't like Hogan Harris where he's at right now compared to Kerpillion. So we just have do not starts, and it's Hogan Harris, Emmett Sheehan, Luis Ortiz, uh, Reese Olsen, Brandon Fott, Adrian Hauser, Yanni Chirinos, Cody Bradford, not John Gray. Um, and John Gray's getting pushed tomorrow to face the Astros, which is so annoying because Cody Bradford's not nearly good enough uh, to do go with this. I don't. I think it's just too risky and not enough of a reward. Um, while Zach Granke, Adam Wainwright, Chase Anderson, and Keaton Wynn is going in this one uh, for the Giants. An interesting one. He was number five in Jake Mesh's uh, starting pitchers to stash article. Uh, I think we just very much wait and see uh, against the Jays. No one's going to be rushing to the white waiver wire and 12 teamers to pick him up. Uh, in your starters for tomorrow, that's a terrible phrase. Tomorrow starters, there we go. Shane McClanahan against the Mariners. He's coming back. He should be fine. And it's the Mariners, you cannot deny that one. Um, Pablo Lopez against the Orioles. Bobby Miller against the Royals. Look, you just saw Domingo Herman do it after two terrible starts. Domingo, uh, sorry, Bobby Miller against the Royals. Like, obviously start him. Do not overthink this. Do not bring big brain this. Uh, Justin Steele against the Guardians. Freddie Peralta against the Pirates. Hopefully he does get that. Um, fastball rise back. He's lost a little bit of movement on it. And, but I think he should be really good against the Pirates. James Paxton, he's healthy. You start him, even though it is a Jays, even though they had the knee problem. You start him if he is starting. And Jose Brios is on the other side of that. You're going with that one. Probable start here. The only one is Bryce Miller against the Rays. The difference between Paxton and Miller to me is that Paxton's just been so good. Well, Bryce Miller has been more exposed for not having his secondaries, and it's the Rays. So it's a little more contentious there. Thus, it is in the probable start here. Questionable start is Luis Severino against the Cardinals. I really don't want to do it. I was really tempted to even just push him down farther. I know he just did six shutout against the Rangers, but the stuff was not good enough. The command was not there. It's very scary at the moment for Severino. Dean Kramer gets the Twins, and he's been on a good run. Osvaldo Bido against the Brewers is our stream pick of the day. I don't really want to do it, but I can see that working out against the Brewers. Um, you have, it's just fastballs and sliders, and those could work. Michael Soroka against the Marlins coming back up to the majors. Against the Marlins, I just feel like it's a safe enough play. But does he do enough? The slider wasn't very good when we last saw him. And it's just really sinkers and changeups then. John Gray against the Astros going tomorrow. I don't want to do this. I think that he's out of rhythm. And I think the Astros are very good right now, even without Alvarez. Cal Quantrill against the Cubs. I Cal Quantrill against the Cubs. I Oh, I should mention, by the way, you know, I screwed up. It's Brandon Fought today, not Tommy Henry. Uh, and Brandon Fought is not someone that you want to go for. Um against the raising that was coming up. I know I say in the article blurb that it's Tommy Henry. It's really Brandon Fott. And we're not ready to jump in there. Uh, we want to see what we get, especially with Fott not having a very good fastball against the uh, against the Rays. It's just, yeah, we wait and see there. And hopefully it's a better fastball than what we got in the first half or the first couple months of the year. Anyway, uh, we have uh, John Gray against Houston. I don't want to do that one. Right, Kyle Quantrill against the Cubs. Uh, he's coming back from from still and look if he just has a sinker in his in his cutter it's the same old Cal Quantrill in my view. Alex Cobb against the Mets. We just don't know how many innings he's going to go, but apparently his splitter's been good in the minors. But it's the Mets. Griffin Canning against the Diamondbacks has been on a really good run. Unfortunately, he gets this one and then another tough start um, next time before the All Star break. So I feel like this is the time not to go after Griffin Canning because it's going to be a delay after the All Star break because of the six man rotation. It's just it's going to be a while until we actually start Griffin Canning. So take a back seat on this one. Um, Seth Lugo against the Reds. 
He's not, it's not you Darvish, it's Seth Lugo. It's in Cincinnati, you don't want to do that. Luis Medina has a chance for six innings against the White Sox. And the do not start here. This is Tommy Henry against the Angels. He has a good slider, but it's the Angels, and I don't want to trust that one. Tanner Banks, no way, against the Athletics. Renal Blanco against the Rangers. It's unfortunate if that was a good matchup, that he would be in consideration. Same with Brian Homing, who throws sinkers and gets the ground balls against Atlanta. Far too risky there. Carlos Carrasco, no way. Joe Isaiah Gray, no way. Christopher Sanchez, Matthew Libertor, Michael Lorenzen's and Coors. Against Galston Gomberg, Jordan Lyles, and Graham Ashcraft, absolutely not. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. Make sure you consider PL Pro and PL Plus to keep the conversation going inside of our Discord and, of course, getting our wonderful projection system to help you make your game time decisions. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.